Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Hustle Culture Dropout. I am your host, Chastity Campbell, and I am so super excited to have my friend, the uber, uber talented Ashley Kinsella on the show today. Ashley has her own brand and company, Tiny Human Print Co., which is this beautiful, wildly successful art print for kids and like kids decor uh, for rooms and just like this super, super fun brand. And she is also this very, a, a huge, huge advocate of empowering kids and sort of helping parents interact with their children and support them and act as their advocates. And so I am so super excited to have her here with us. Her art prints are carried in retail stores all over the country. And she was also just asked to create an exclusive design for the Museum of Contemporary Arts Arts in Chicago. And so welcome, Ashley, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> I love hearing where your heart is and why your heart feels so, so strongly about empowerment with kids. So can you just tell us like a little bit about how you got started? Well, I first started the business, honestly, out of trying to create flexibility for my family, because when my son was about one, he kept accidentally calling me the name of his daycare teacher instead of mommy. <laughs> and like, what is your first kid? It's like, oh my God, I don't even want mommy to be short yeah. to mom, let alone yeah, like a dad. dagger. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I just was so heartbroken realizing he spent more time with his daycare teacher than he did with me, all because I worked a full-time job. And I hated that job. I've been trying to get up to that job for years. So it really started out of that. But then when he was, he turned two at the height of the pandemic, right? When we realized like, okay, we're shutting down for a lot longer than just two weeks that we mm -hmm. thought. Um, so we noticed him starting to have like severe anxiety as we were like being outside and he just had wild anxiety and I'm like, okay, he's, he's a COVID kid. He's naturally a little bit more anxious. We'll be fine. It'll be fine. But when he started having physical reactions to his anxiety, that changed it for me. He mm -hmm. would vomit. He broke out in hives. He would have like number two potty accidents. And that just helped me realize like this is so much deeper than just like following it off as a COVID kid. So that whole experience is what really kind of turned Tiny Human into a brand that really focuses on kids empowerment. Because I grew up a painfully shy child, too. And being a business owner, you know, like, the hardest part of being a business owner is, like, believing in yourself and it's the mental yeah. pain and all of that. So I was working through that alongside at the same time as I was trying to help my son through this. So confidence is a huge piece of what I love to focus on because... I really feel like confidence has to be like intentionally taught and yes. intentionally applied. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. and it's a hard choice to make. It's not easy. It wavers all the time. So, yeah, that's just the background. And that's the messaging that you have, you know, starting out with with your art prints. And the home decor line that you have, I purchased some for my now 11-year-old in her room and which she loves. But I just love the messaging because it's not just like, 
here's a picture of a panda or whatever. There is this powerful, powerful message behind it. And you have all of these incredible quotes and it all revolves around having that confidence and instilling that confidence and affirmations for kids and just all of these incredible things that I know you've added to your product line over the last year to include some other products like the Lunchbox Love Notes and the pencils, which I absolutely love. And it all has this, I feel like, balance of you're going to throw this up on your kids' wall, but it has such an incredible and important message behind it. And so how did you sort of marry those two when you started like drawing and sketching and creating your art prints and those products did the message of empowerment start at that point from the beginning or did you sort of interweave that in once your son started having the anxiety and kind of dealing with that part of it yeah I've always been one of those people I just I as you know like you know me pretty well I am a very deep feeler Mm -hmm. And so I've always been into which I love about you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to say it's my superpower. It is is, for sure. I feel like it is. Um, You know, but I've always been drawn to those quotes. And when I was putting together my son's nursery, I was looking around on Etsy and I love that really. I'm obsessed with Crate and Barrel. I love the Crate and Barrel style. I think it is so beautiful and elegant. But like Crate and Barrel was totally out of my budget so looking uh-huh. around on Etsy still finding like cute stuff um but then I printed it out and put it in his room and I would look at it every day like I didn't do that I didn't yeah. do that and I can make it like this and it could be cute like that so yeah I've always wanted those empowering quotes because I also truly believe that like the art you have on your walls has such an impact on your mental well-being you are what you consume and see and feel and um you know being an artist like colors have an impact on you if they're bright if they're muted if you know all that place all of i love that i love that so much one of the things that i wanted to talk with you about and that we had talked about was um this the message and the importance of the communication between mother or parent and child. And one of the things that I think people would really love to hear about, because I know my audience in particular is just a lot of moms who are in the trenches right now. They're, They're doing the work and it can be debilitating. Like it can be so incredibly difficult. And you are so good about while you while you offer this kids empowerment and you're very much an advocate for kids, you also, I feel like, spread that also over into what it's like, both like struggles and rewards of being a parent and being a mom and being like the primary caretaker and what that looks like on an everyday basis. And so talking, so one of the things that I wanted to touch on and I wanted to get your input on is that is how to openly talk to our kids about what our feelings are. You know, like when we've had a really hard day. I mean, today, for instance, I posted on stories a little bit ago on Instagram. It's just like, I feel like I've had like a couple really good weeks where I have just, I've felt good physically, mentally, I've been in a good space. 
my energy has been high. And then I sort of just hit this wall today. And I had the luxury of being able to come home because my kids are older and being able to come home and just sort of take a minute. And I needed a minute to literally do nothing. I knew that we had this interview, you know, this evening, but I didn't have to explain that to anybody. I didn't have to walk in the door from working outside of the home or even just being home with the kids all day long, like picking them up from daycare and having all of those feelings, but then also immediately having to go into like mom mode. And so how like there's this constant pressure, I feel like with when you're a mom, that you have to make everything, you have to sort of hide your own feelings and stuff them down and you have to just make everything great for your kids. So what what suggestions do you have? What do you think, what's a great way to talk to our kids about it and to be honest with them and to kind of open up and let them know like how we're feeling as adults? Yeah, well, the first thing that always comes to mind for me is like, like every parent kind of sets the bar for their kid, right? Every kid kind of wants to live up to parents' expectations or what they have accomplished in their life in some sort of way, right? I feel like that's uh-huh. kind of an innate thought process that humans have. And so if we constantly are like, no, everything's great. I'm fine. What can I do for you? Do this, do that. And like set the bar so high for our kids. And so when they... When we share our feelings with them, hey, I I had a really busy day. I'm feeling really tired. I just want to sit here. Can you sit here with me? Mm -hmm. It like humanizes us to our kids, right? Yes. Because I feel like moms like operate at such a high level all the time because we have to. Because Mm -hmm. we we have have no choice. (laughs) (laughs) Like things have to move around in the life and things, you know, people have to go places and things have to get done. So, yeah. And I remember crying in front of my son for the first time. I don't even remember what I was crying, but I cry all the time. I was crying for the first time. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, I didn't know mommies cry. And then, Aww. of course, I like just cried even like, hours. Yeah, exactly. Like, of course, mom cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I. I think the the verbiage and the message of saying that it humanizes you to your kids, I'm especially with when your kids get older and you're trying to talk to them about different things. Of course, they absolutely are like, what what the hell do you possibly know, woman? Like, what life have you lived that you can give me <laughs> any sort of advice? <laughs> and they don't want to listen to it, which is all natural and normal. But also it's because you're in this role of being a mom. And so automatically, as a mom, I think to your children, your children think she has it all figured out. She doesn't cry. You know, she knows exactly at any given moment how to handle herself, what to do. And I can remember, I've always been very honest with my kids, and I can remember telling them at one at one point, like, I don't really know what I'm doing as a parent. Like, I literally do not have this figured out. It is very much trial and error. And so, I mean, I think I had really 
I don't even remember what the situation was. I don't know if my like there probably was some sort of situation that happened and the consequences that I awarded to that situation were probably not like leveling and meeting like what actually it needed to do. Like it didn't they didn't match up. And it wasn't until later, you know, like in hindsight that I'm reflecting and I'm thinking that probably was like a really crappy parenting move. Like I probably need to go back and say to them, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying my best. I'm going to make mistakes. This is what I need from you. And once I did that and I became human to them, they were sort of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, you you really, that's okay. Like it made me more relatable, I guess, is what I'm saying. And so, yeah, I think little kids, like for, for little ones, seeing mom have big emotions like that probably is makes you know it makes them pause for a second right right and it also validates that they can have feelings too or Mm -hmm. like in your story it told your kids that they don't always have to know everything either like think about kids when they're in school if you don't know the answer and you don't raise your hand and you're like a little bit Uh, like yeah. It's okay to say that you don't know the answer. Not everybody mm-hmm. knows everything. And that's okay mm-hmm. to not know what to do or how to handle a certain situation. Right. Like because we- yeah, I do you're I mean, you're right because I do think to myself, like as a kid growing up, I don't think I ever had an adult say to me, I don't have the answer. And so it's that's then what you learn is that you should always have the the answers. So then when you're sitting in oh. class and you don't know, you're immediately like, I'm like the dumbest person in this class. Yeah. Or you have an adult that just like makes up whatever they can think of. And then you exactly. and then, like kids are so smart. They're so much smarter than we give them credit for. They know sometimes when you're bullshitting them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then so if you do that, I mean, of course, we do that a little bit if we're like, okay, maybe. I feel like whenever right, we think right. maybe, it's always like we're trying to bullshit that in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it just, because then when they see that, then they think it's okay to just make up whatever answer. Mm-hmm. But really, the best answer to say is, I don't know. It's totally right. Don't know. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I, so did have you noticed that in having these conversations with your kiddos, that they have been more open and willing to communicate with you about how they're feeling? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I feel like, you know, my apples didn't fall far. I have very Mm -hmm. deep feeling children too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think by talking about it as often as I do, it they have the language for it. And sometimes I get a little nervous sensitive i don't know if if i'm pushing them so far the other way i th- I feel like parents nowadays mm. like are we being too hard are we being too soft are we being mm-hmm. too this or too that <clears throat> but i really don't think there's any sort of like you know because what i think about my daughter sometimes she'll just kind of make it up because she wants that attention mm-hmm. you know that's where i'm like okay are we going like so far right. on the other side of like talking about our feelings but I really feel like there's no 
it's not bad to talk about our feelings. And as the kids get older, they'll realize how to share, they'll learn how to share their true feeling Mm -hmm. rather than what they think they should be feeling or, you know, it's just something that's just learning. Right, exactly. Well, and I think, too, that not only will they learn how to appropriately share their feelings, I think also learning that and the fact that they have a parent that models that behavior for them, they you then understand that there are people in the world that will accept your feelings instead of like, oh, I can't express this because people don't talk about their feelings. Like if you come from a home where communication is open and you're talking about like, yeah, I had a really crappy day today and it's okay, I'll get over it. I just need some time alone right now. They they then are able to sort of advocate for their own mental health and how they're feeling and then understand that whoever they choose to, you know, maybe later in their adult years to spend their time with, that is automatically sort of like the expectation that they're setting. Like this person needs to accept me. They need to understand my feelings and be willing to communicate with me about their feelings, which then sort of has that like, it's like that trickle down effect. Like you're being this like great, you know, role model for them. So then when they grow up, they understand like this is okay. And then their relationships and, you know, maybe with their own children then sort of take on that same foundation. Yeah. And I feel like parenting, like in today's day and age i don't care if you're in your 50s 40s 20s 30s 20s whatever i feel like parents nowadays this is like the first wave of parenting that is really trying to teach our kids how to process emotions right Mm -hmm. because we haven't really been taught generations like you know my parents never taught me how to process emotions Right. And that's like one of the most complicated things about being a human being is like all of these complicated emotions. We right. Exactly. We don't know what to do. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's like <clears throat> the hardest part of being a teenager is right. processing your emotions. The hardest part of being a parent. Step of life. Absolutely. And it, it really does affect so much of like your behavior and it's so interesting to think about like when you say like we weren't taught how to properly deal with our emotions or talk about our emotions or our feelings um and process those and i had a conversation today with a friend at work and she was talking about <clears throat> excuse me that she and her husband had had a conflict this morning and immediately she went to this like I'm having a a middle school meltdown. Like her reaction was she was angry. She's stomping around. She's like slamming things and slamming the door. And she was like, it was like not at all even a big deal. But she thought, here I am, this grown woman. And I don't know what to do with these emotions. Like I don't know what to do with these feelings. And so I'm going to, I'm going to react the only way I know how to react, which is the same way I've been reacting my whole freaking life. You know, and it hasn't like you, you know, hasn't learned anything. And and same thing, like I was telling you before we started recording, like I was just having this like the all these technical difficulties yesterday and the like colossal meltdown that came out of me was legitimately something that I feel like 
I would be so angry with my toddler child right now <laughs> if he or she was acting this way. And here I am just like, like I couldn't find my AirPods. And then like my email newsletter, like template didn't save. And I'm just getting so angry. And it really is one of those things that like, these are not things that you were taught as a child and not at any fault of our parents because they also were not taught you know, these coping mechanisms or how to deal with things. And so you sort of just do the best you can. And but you do have to it's like reparenting yourself as an adult. It's yeah. reparenting yourself and unlearning, you know, maybe some behaviors that don't really, you know, they're, yeah. it's not a good but, look for, <laughs> for adults. Well, sure. But also at the same time, it's OK to have those high intense moments because when there's mm -hmm. one thing after another that's not working of course that's frustrating and we're not mm -hmm. always going to be perfect and be like okay here's where i'm feeling my my energy <laughs> rising and i need to stop yeah and exactly save. we're never going to yeah. be perfect <laughs> like that and so true very true even if those big feelings come out you express it you let it out just like i would parent my toddler you're allowed to right. express your feelings but you're not allowed to hit your sister when you're mad you're not allowed to right. use your body when you're mad and express your feelings and then calm down like you can't mm -hmm. let it go on for the entire rest of the day into the next day like it's mm -hmm. okay to accept that and then and then just make sure you move on you know right exactly exactly i do sort i do offer that advice often to people that which is interesting because I, as I sit here and say this is one of these prime examples of I, I love to tell other people like what to do with their life and then I completely ignore it all. <laughs> but it is one of those things where it's like you're you're allowed to feel however you want to feel, but like we're not gonna we're not gonna sit in that for too long. Like eventually, you yeah. do have to move on from that and pick yourself up from that and go and you know that way. So. Kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier in openly communicating with your with your kids about how you're feeling and your son talking to you about, oh, I didn't know that mommy's cry. What what are some good tips? Because one of the things that I hear all the time, and I'm sure you feel this way, we've but we've talked about this before in the past, is yeah, just feeling like I need a minute to myself. Like I need a minute to mommy needs some time alone and yeah. instead of being the entertainer you know instead yeah. of always feeling like you said earlier like you feel like you have to be on all the time you have because you're the mom so yeah. what are some like problem solving like like because you know having telling your kids i need a minute and so i need you to go and do some color sheets, you know, like here are some printables and I need you to color for a minute and, you know, be okay. I don't need to be playing the game with you. I don't need to be coloring with you. I, you know, having like being bored or, or self-soothing or playing solo is something that I feel like is so important to teach our kids. And I do feel like I see often and I have done it myself and I'm very, very guilty of it. And I've had to, I mean, talk to myself about this all the time is that I can't constantly be the entertainer. I have other, I mean, not only am I 
a mom, but I'm also, you know, the maid and the cook and I have to get the groceries and I have to do all these other things that require my responsibility. And so just because you're home for the weekend or, you know, it's summer break or it's holiday break and we're going to we're all going to be together. I need you to go and kind of do your own thing. Do you agree that that's something that is important to like teach our kids? And then how do we teach our kids that? Yes, 100%. Because, and I feel like, like step number one, like so many parents, I don't know if they're like scared is not the word, nervous. I don't know if that's even the word either. We don't want our kids to feel bored. I feel like if our kids are bored, then it's almost like a reflection of us and like we're not doing enough. Mm, yeah. Boredom is so healthy. It is so healthy for our kids because it stimulates their creativity to do. They're not going to, because creativity is like a muscle you have to exercise, right? Yeah, yeah. And if, if you're constantly fed exactly what to do and given everything, you're not going to know how to do it if you're not given anything. So right. first and foremost, it stimulates creativity. It helps build problem-solving skills. It improves their imagination. And it like reinforces simplicity, like in a day and age where everything like, you know, Amazon delivers within two hours. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like living a simpler life or, you know, having like my kids have all these toys and mm -hmm. we're so lucky. And I feel so grateful that we have family members with older kids that like pass down all of this stuff and I get worried that like they're taking it for granted and right you know it's not as much of a simple life like when I was a kid like I mm -hmm. remember having like five toys that I played with I probably had more than that but you know like you had yeah I feel like I didn't have as many as my kids had so like boredom is totally healthy right and right you don't have to be on with your kids all the time and I feel like sometimes there's a blurred line between like parent and friend. We all want to be our kids' friend. Mm -hmm. But like we have to remind ourselves that like we're our, they're the parent too. And we have mm -hmm. to, we have, like you said, the responsibilities that we have to get done too. So sorry, I need to do X, Y, and Z. What are you going to do with my kids? Right. Like I can't always just be like, okay, go color because I have to do this. My mm -hmm. son, ADHD wild child clingy as all could be yeah once like the more i'm like you need to go do your thing the more he wants to cling on to me so i have to mm -hmm. be like okay what are you going to do what toy haven't you played with in a while that would grasp his attention what mm -hmm. puzzle haven't you done in a while are there train tracks like you know up and burn up on the shelves that you haven't seen in a while that's always what we talk to do mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like sometimes when you know we always think we can just turn on the tv and that'll like help distract our kids I find with my kids if they've been watching too much tv they get so stir creepy like it doesn't mm -hmm. hold their attention <clears throat> you know as much as I want it to sometimes right right so like turning the tv off sometimes is is your best friend and then you turn on not your best friend but then you mm -hmm. turn on music and that's kind of another form of entertainment you know because they can hear it so listen to the word and then they'll slowly just 
find whatever they need to do. And just, you know, and from the parenting perspective, like reminding yourself, boredom is healthy. Boredom is stimulating their creativity and their imagination and all of that. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the music. One of the things I see you post about a lot is like your playlists, which I love so much because one of the things that I have noticed is that something that is ultra stimulating to my younger girls when I'm like, okay, it's time to get off your devices or it's time to get off your iPad. We need to do something else is music because it's almost like it's I mean, it's like they can it can be loud. It can be, you know, it's like you can use your whole body. You're you're singing. You're learning the words. You can like my girls will like make up routines and make up dances. And it's sort of like this all encompassing thing that I feel like sometimes gets overlooked. Like I know I mean, my girls are just naturally the younger ones. They're just natural kind of entertainers and they just love music and singing along and doing that anyway. And so really, like they would have music on all of the time. And I think it's such a great reminder. And I love that you do those playlists because I do I feel like that's a great way for kids, especially young kids, to kind of get that energy out. You know? Yeah, it's I love I just I, I love that tool and I love being able to to utilize it. And I, I think, too, one of the things that I try to remember and. I'm sure you'll agree with me too, is that there's kind of always like a lesson in around whatever, like if you're trying to tell your kids, like, you know, you're teaching them, like, it's okay to find something to entertain yourself. I tell my girls all the time, like, because to me, having them be bored or having them figure out something to do, using their imagination, making up stories, doing whatever it is, like, there's not always going to be somebody in your life to entertain you. You know, as I think those skills are so important to learn as a as a kid, because you grow up into an adult. And if you don't know how to be by yourself, then you're constantly looking for validation outside of yeah. yourself. You don't trust yourself. You I mean, and this and they, these are all things that I felt when when. I went through this like rediscovery and I went through a divorce and I didn't, I had lost my identity because all I had ever really known was being like a wife and a mom and, and all of these things. And I, and, but at the same time, I had always had all this stuff around me. I'd always had all these people in my life and I never really learned how to self-soothe in a way, like take care of myself or learn that I don't have to be out doing something all the time. And I feel like if that's something we can teach to our kids when adulthood comes and, you know, things get hard, you know, you go through different times in your life where maybe you feel like really lonely, like learning how to like trust yourself and be okay with being alone, I think is like such a great skill to learn as a kid and sort of having them like, you know, take care of themselves or entertain themselves so you can have a moment as a mom if you if you sort of reframe that and and don't think so much about like oh I'm like oh I feel so guilty that like I I can't play with them right now or I feel so guilty that it's the weekend and we haven't done anything because I've had all these other things to do I feel like if you sort of reframe that and think like well I really am teaching them a life skill it, it helps kind of balance that right yeah and I love music for so many reasons but when it comes to 
my kid and I, probably people in general, like the human brain, when you found some sort of music going on at the same time that like you're working with your hands, mm-hmm. stimulates your brain in a totally different way. You know, you can look up studies about classical music and how classical music affects the brain and what people are studying and all of that. So I've always... I've always, I love music and I, I mm-hmm. listen to classical music. I love like jazz when I'm working and especially when I'm cooking like that. So I always try to think about that for my kids too. When I turn on music and they're coloring or they're playing with their toys, they're doing whatever they're doing as long as they're like working with their hands at the same time. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, being a deep feeler, I love listening to lyrics. I feel like yes. the lyrics are so helpful for people to put words to emotions and experiences and all of that and Mm -hmm. the playlist that I play with my kids turn on for my kids all the time the tiny human dance party playlist it's all just inspirational fun songs and most of Mm -hmm. them are from like you know stuff like that and just the other day we were driving and my three-year-old always asks me to put it on and she's in the back just singing and you gotta keep your head up like i just love that so much to her it has to have an impact on her now and you know as she well yeah and i do think that it gives them a voice, not with, you know, with kids, they don't always have all of the words. They have all right. of the, like, they have all the feelings. All of the yeah. feelings are there. They're all colliding and, you know, getting all mixed up in there. And I think something like music gives them an opportunity to put, to be able to express maybe how they're feeling or understand, even like hearing it, even if they don't fully grasp like what the entire concept is about. But as they get older, you sort of can like, you know, to do that. And it, and it helps you be able to like, you know, express that that part don't. of you. <laughs> yeah. No, because for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, I think that's like, that's one of those things where you'll like, l- you can listen to a song and not actually hear it. You know, like you listen, yeah. you sing the words, but you don't actually like, or you aren't like computing. What does yeah. this actually mean? <laughs> And that like and that can be like a good thing or a bad thing, like depending yeah. on, you know, what it is or whatever. But, like, you know, sometimes when you sit and you like really are sitting there and you're like listening to something and I, I it, like something will catch it. I mean, I, I think both of us like love Taylor Swift or whatever. Like I'll listen to something and I'll be like, that is so profound. Like I've sang this like I've seen <laughs> these lyrics like 10,000 times and I never knew that this is what she was talking about or yeah. this could be related to so many different things or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. I, I think, think about I, that with the music that I listened to when I was like a tween, you know, like, oh my yeah. God, I was listening to that. Oh, for when sure. I, was 12. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea when it was saying what it really yeah. felt, but I would say <gasps> it a word. Oh, for sure. I mean, there are still things like nowadays, like I'll just sing and then I'll be like, whoa, that is definitely not what I thought it was about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know like you and you have an older daughter as well. So you, you know, you've been doing this parenting thing for for quite some time. And so what what kind of advice would you give or like words of encouragement would you maybe offer 
moms who are sort of just starting on this journey? Because I think, you know, especially especially when you're a first-time mom, you really don't know what you're doing. But all you know is that you want to be the perfect mom, right? Like you want to be the most engaging mom. You want to be the mom who is doing all the things and being perfect and doing everything right. So what sort of advice would you share with them about how maybe unrealistic that is, but also just about how to start on the journey of being mindful and teaching, you know, having those open for everybody to feel their feelings. It's okay for them to have downtime, like mommy needs her alone time, because inevitably that's coming for for these new moms. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like for me, you know, and maybe I think about this all the time because it's like part of my brand name is like realizing that we're human. Like, I feel like we've gotten a little bit of, away from. I don't even know if I know how to like really put it into words. <clears throat> like we've gotten away from ourselves. Like, you know, society expectations are so high and. When you think about like motherhood, the 1950s really weren't that long ago. And, <laughs> and the way that like society changes, it takes a long time to change. So mm-hmm. I feel like motherhood now, like we still have the expectations sort of of what the 1950s moms had, but now we have to work. Right. And we can't show our emotion. Like, just remind yourself that, like, you're human. And one thing that I have been trying to, in this season of my life, you know, where I've, I've had a hard time lately. And, like, in, I always get seasonal depression. I'm from California, mm-hmm. and now I live in the suburbs of Chicago. So, like, winter, <laughs> I've... It's, like, vastly like, different climate. <laughs> it impacts me when it's gloomy <clears throat> for, like, days on days on days it mm-hmm. impacts you and like realizing that like humans are also part of nature like we see the seasons and the cycles and like especially as women our monthly cycles mm-hmm. are like seasons so like mm-hmm. recognize that you're human and you need to rest it's okay to delegate tasks it's okay mm-hmm. to ask for help it's okay to share your emotion because if we don't delegate, ask for help, share our emotions, then how is everyone around us supposed to understand what we're going through if we just stuff it and then we stuff it and then we Mm -hmm. explode? Like we can talk about mom rage all day long Mm -hmm. and it's because we're not delegating, we're not asking for help, we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not letting ourselves rest. Mm -hmm. We're human beings and the way that we're hardwired, the way that our bodies run and operate it all goes right. It all goes in. Right. Well, and I think too, there are, <clears throat> there are, and I've talked with friends about this too, that, you know, I know there are people out there. I feel very blessed and very fortunate that my husband is incredible and he's very intuitive and he's very understanding and always very willing to help and pitch in and, you know, do whatever. And I know sometimes that's not always the case for people or you feel like like it's easy to sit when you have a, a support system in place 
to say, oh, you should ask for help or, you know, you need to communicate these things. And so my one of the things that I try to remember is that you might not have that in place, but that is when it really becomes vital that you create that support system. Like maybe that's maybe you weren't born into that support system or maybe that's not the support system that you have. But and recognizing that, that, okay, like my life looks a little bit different. You know what? It's not good. It's not bad. It just looks different from this. So taking the steps to maybe find communities or connect with other women, making friends, it's it's really hard, like as an adult, I feel like to, you know, foster friendships and make those friendships. But I also feel like it's sometimes can be easier than you think, because I feel like there's like there's a freaking Facebook group for anything. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, whether there is there are so many ways. And I mean, you want to obviously have like that, like true face to face communication as well. And like, obviously, sure. having friends like in person or a community or support system that you can rely on that's like in person. But I just encourage people who might be listening who feel like, well, I just don't have that. I don't have anybody I can ask yeah. for help. Like, recognizing that and then understanding that there are resources and tools available to you, but you might have to take that really hard first step to try to connect with other women, you know, to be able to do that. Well, it really comes down to like just speaking up, whether Mm -hmm. you need to speak up to your partner or you need to speak up to uh, an outside group, you know, like making friends Mm -hmm. because it you know with with my husband he's a wonderful man and he helps out but at the at a certain time in our life I felt that like okay you could be helping more I need more help yes mm-hmm. I used to do A B C D and E before we had kids and I was totally fine with that but now we have two kids and I'm trying to run a business and I still put right. adults on the on the side I need a little bit more help and it took a while for us to have conversation after conversation after conversation for him to like read my mind but just Mm -hmm. know how to just jump in there because I feel like a lot of times our partners aren't bad it's not like they he doesn't not want to help right he doesn't know how to help he doesn't know Uh that I needed the help and even though we would have these conversations he thought he was still helping, but in my mind, I'm like, you're not helping enough. Right. Like, you have to continually speak up and have those heart-to-heart, calm, honest, loving conversations about the support that you need. Right. Because, again, I really don't feel like they, our partners try to not, not help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just right, yeah, not, absolutely. Like systems in place, and they don't know how to like come into our system. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, our teeth right rough. Well, and I think women in general, and again, I feel like this is something that a pressure that society has ingrained in us is that you have you have to act like you have your shit together, like you have to yeah. act like you you know you've got it figured out, and it's very very difficult. Because you take it so personally and you're, you have such an attachment to this idea that you can't ask for that help. So even if you don't have, you know, a partner or, or a spouse or somebody to ask, 
like even asking when I was a single mom, I can remember just being like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed and I need some help. But like, it's not anybody else's responsibility to read my mind. Like, it's my responsibility to say, I need you. I like I like you have got to throw me the life preserver right now and communicating that and like letting somebody understand that. Now, if that person looks you dead in the face and they're like, screw you, I'm not helping you like that's on them. But like, at least you have done your part. Like, this is one of the biggest things I've I've ever learned in therapy is that this world that I live in, it is nobody's job to read my mind. It is my job to communicate what I need from somebody and they can take that and do with that what they will. But I have at least done my job and expressed to them, like, this is what I need, obviously, in a preferred non like crazy manner, you know? Yeah. But I, I think we're conditioned. I think, I mean, I think humans, it, it's not just women. I think that men have a hard time asking for help as well. Um, but I definitely feel like when, as a, you know, mom, if you're asking for help, especially like with your kids, like, can you take my kids for an hour so I can like take a nap? Then you're like, look, like I can remember personally feeling like I can't ask somebody for that. They're going to look at me and be like, oh, what the hell? Must be nice to take a nap. Like, I'm not taking a nap over here. <laughs> what must be nice. Like, you, oh, you want to take a nap? You want to go get a manicure? That want to do that? Too, you know, I mean, and so you feel judged, right? You feel like, well, I'm going to completely be judged if I'm like, I would like to sit in my house and not freaking talk to any people, you yeah. know? And our kids, how to express their feelings. Right. Because expressing that you need help is expressing a feeling. Right. You're feeling like you need help, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. So tell me uh, what you, what is next for you? What are you doing? What do you have going on with your brand, with the business? with Tiny Human Print Co. other than your ultra fabulous, spectacular, exclusive design for, for the museum? What else do you have to offer to offer all of these people out here in the world? Well, I'm excited for Valentine's Day. I'm going to be launching a little self-love challenge, just mm-hmm. tying into helping kids express feelings. And, and in my house, like, I really believe in affirmations. I think Affirmations are so important and positive self-talk is so important. So the self-love challenge, it's a seven-day challenge. It's it's kind of like an advent style where you get a new coloring page every day. The kids will color the coloring page ideally in the morning. Ideally Uh when the TV is off, you turn the music on because again, like the music, creativity, it's going to stimulate their brain. And then every coloring page has an activity to do in the mirror. And oh, it ranges, it, it's every day is a different affirmation, but it's in a fun way that kids are going to, the routine that I created with my son when he was going through all of that anxiety. And I swear this routine is what changed it. Because now he's a totally <laughs> different kid. He's like the class entertainer, which is now my problem on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> So I'm excited for that challenge just to help bring this practice into other homes because I'll talk with other moms, you know, at kindergarten drop off and they don't know how to start stuff. So hopefully it's Mm -hmm. like a way to start that. 
I love it. I love it. And where can where can we find that? Is it on your website? How do we how do we get involved in that? tinyhumansprintcover.com love it perfect perfect i can't wait i'm gonna do it with my girls they love anything like that and i love the story i want to create a movement because how cute of a movement would this be like just little kids saying affirmations in the mirror and then high-fiving because you and i share a mutual love of mel mel roberts have you i know have you read her high five habit book Yes, I love it. Like that was like a brand new concept to me not yeah. that long ago. I didn't realize it had been around sort of for a while that she had like sort of built this brand on, you know, her brand on this concept. I love everything that basically she does. I'm like an yeah. ultra fangirl borderline stalker of Mel Robbins. Same. But I, the biggest part of that for me was literally thinking to myself, that I am a middle-aged woman and I don't know if I had ever truly looked myself in the eye in the mirror. Yes, I had that. I mean, I'm like, I see myself all day long. I see all the flaws every single day. But right? to really look at yourself in the mirror. And I I love all of those self-help books. Mm-hmm. Well, all, of it, all of it. I love it so much. And I really got this book for my husband. He was going through a hard time. And then I decided to listen to the audiobook and I was floored. And I love mm-hmm. all of the the research behind high fives. I think mm-hmm. it's so fascinating. So the self-love challenge is, you know, high five from the mirror and bringing that yeah. Bill Robbins concept into kids. I think it's the cutest thing to like have. Little right. Kids. And I think life. it's so I think it's so great to learn that as a child obviously for all the benefits that we've talked about too. But because the first time you ever high-fived yourself in the mirror, didn't you feel like a fucking weirdo? Like, yeah. <laughs> like totally. I felt like I was like this, like I hope nobody's watching right now. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel so bizarre to like do this. And like how something that simple, something yeah. that innocent, something that just like pure yeah. makes you feel so weird about yourself. And so having kids learn how to do that, I mean, affirmations, I love affirmations and I personally feel like they're so beneficial and, but there was definitely a time in my life when I was like, you're going to say what to yourself? Like, I don't need that crap. Like I don't, but, and it just feels weird. And I feel like, like a lot, I feel like a lot of adults feel that way. And so like teaching that to your kids. And I mean, they can take it or leave it, but at least it's yeah. there. At least it's instilled in them, right? And I yeah. love that you're doing this self-love challenge during Valentine's Day when the entire focus is on like outwardly love. Like it's all yeah. about like the love that you give to everybody else, which we give so freely, right? Like we give, like we're like, I love you. And going to do all the things for you and and then we like treat ourselves like crap and we talk to yeah. ourselves like crap right so i love that you're doing it during during that time too like how cool to sort of reframe what this means like what this month means to yeah. sort of encompass more of like a a self love perspective as opposed to just like outwardly love which is also obviously very important let's <laughs> try not yeah. trying to like diss what that means, but I yeah, love that you're that you're doing that. Yeah. So going back to 
going back to Mo Robbins really quickly, like, you know, it feels so goofy at first, but then after a few days, didn't it feel good? Yeah. Like, yeah, like it automatically, like, like it didn't, like I literally just felt like I was like high-fiving a friend. Like I'm like, yeah. you look good today, girl. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like something it's, and that's just proof that the simplest things, you know, like just having like, like humanizing your feelings to your kids, like just having a conversation, just talking to them or letting them be bored or whatever it is. Like, it doesn't have to be this like huge structured, you know, 12 step program course whatever it can literally just be like we're gonna say like four cool things to ourselves and the mirror and like high five ourselves and we're gonna get on about our day and what the impact that that could potentially make like on a kid and on human and on an adult you know it doesn't have to be that hard i know i think we for sure overcomplicate. yeah (laughs) and to feel like we have to be effective you know like there must be it must be this you know this big complicated thing for sure we like overcomplicate life yep yeah yeah exactly well i am so excited this was so fun we have talked for so i wanted to really like honor your time and like not take up so much time because i know you like you're so busy but we chatted a lot i might i like might have to like break this up into like two (laughs) two episodes or something but i feel like you and i can talk about this stuff i know i know so we like i like i love that we have the like you know like the child part of it but then also like the mom part of it you know so it's it's great well, tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can find you. And I'm going to include all of that in the show notes, too. I will also link up the self-love challenge for the kiddos so you guys can find that in the show notes. But just really quickly, tell us, like, where, beside your website, where else can we find you? Everything is that tiny human co. So I'm primarily awesome. on Instagram, trying to dabble in TikTok, but. Yeah. TikTok yeah. can be a weird little world. Yeah. Find me on Instagram, tiny human freak out. Right. Instagram's just nicer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just makes us feel good. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. And I love you. I love everything that you stand for. I think that your message is so incredible and so valuable and so important for not just our kids but for parents and moms and women and I'm just I'm so happy and blessed to know you and I am so happy that you've been on the podcast with us this week love you too I appreciate it thank you so much for having me yes of course All right, that's it for this episode of Hustle Culture Dropout. I'm your host and real-life bestie, Chastity Campbell. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you loved it. Don't even bother if it's anything less than five stars. You can also follow me on socials at Chastity Campbell Co. or check out the website at ChastityCampbell.com. Until next time, here's to living our most radically authentic and unapologetic lives. Thanks for listening.